12. But the queen Vashti refused at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore, the king was very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Then the king said to the wise men which knew the times, for so was the king's manner toward all that knew law and judgment. And the next unto him was Karshana and Shathar and Admatha and Tarshish and Mares and Marsana and Mamukin, the seven princes of Persia and Medea, which saw the king's face and which sat the first in the kingdom. What shall we do unto Queen Vashti according to law? Because she hath not performed the commandment of the king Ahasuerus by the chamberlains. And Mamukin answered before the king and the princes, and Vashti the queen hath not done wrong to the king only, but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus. For this deed of the queen shall come abroad unto all women, so that they shall despise their husbands in their eyes when it shall be reported. The king Ahasuerus commanded Vashti the queen to be brought in before him, and she came not. Likewise shall the ladies of Persia and Medea say this day unto all the king's princes, which have heard of the deed of the queen, thus shall there arise too much contempt and wrath. If it please the king, let there go a royal commandment from him, and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes, that it be not altered, that Vashti come no more before King Ahasuerus, and let, and let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. And when the king's decree which he shall make shall be published throughout all his empire, for it is great. All the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both to great and small. And the saying pleased the king and the princes, notice that, and the princes, uh, no uh, secret desires there, huh? And the king did according to the word of Mamukin, for he sent letters into all the king's provinces, into every province, according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language, that every man should bear rule in his own house, and that it should be published according to the language of every people. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we begin to work through this book that you've preserved for us, I pray that we are diligently reminded that in our day in and day out lives, though they may seem so mundane to us, though they may seem so repetitious to us, that it may seem that we're performing tasks the same every day. May we not get so focused on the things that's going on in our own lives that we forget that there is a greater uh, thing happening in our life, and that is that you are at work in it. Lord, may we be reminded through the book of Esther 
that even when your name is not before us, you are always on the scene. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week in the book of Esther, we began to read that we began to read about this life of Esther. Last week we covered the first 12 verses. Yet we see that this book's heading is about Esther. Yet in the chapter 1, we don't read anything about the life of Esther. What we read about here in chapter 1 is about these governments. We read about corrupt world leaders. We read about corrupt politicians. We read about egocentric rulers. We read about men professing to be wise, yet they do not seem to be so wise. And, and while it's easy, as we read the book of Esther, and since we know how it's all going to turn out, it, it's easy to start praising God because we know how this story ends. But yet, don't run ahead to God working. Stop and stand in this moment in which Esther stood in. Stand in this moment and begin to see what is going on here. Yet, even of what we've understood so far and what we've understood coming to the close of chapter 1, that there is an overarching principle that the writer is trying to put forth to the reader. And that is that in this wicked setting, amongst all of these corrupt leaders, amongst all of these wicked rulers, amongst all of these prideful men, that God was allowing all of these people to flourish even though they're wicked. Yet, also, God is preparing a young woman and in this exact environment that we read about in chapter 1, God was going to give this young woman a chance to make her life count for God. We need to understand that even as we apply this to ourselves, history has a way of repeating itself, does it not? In the day of Ahasuerus, there was wicked rulers. In the day of Ahasuerus, there was corrupt politicians. In the days of Ahasuerus, there were people who was in places of leadership that was just looking out for themselves. And it was in this environment that God was going to give Esther the chance to do the work that he had for her to do. And yet, in this same environment we live today, life has not changed. And before we start frowning upon this wicked government, before we start frowning upon this environment in which we live, which it seems that war is on every side, that it seems that the government isn't looking out for us, that recognize that it may be this environment that God is going to allow you to have a chance to make your life count for him. This is the reality in which we live too, too often. I think we frown upon the condition of the land instead of focusing in the reality and on the reality that God has placed us in this time for his cause. Now, we understand in chapter 1, it's not Esther's time. Hear me, Esther's time is not going to come chapters from now. But God is allowing this foolish man and his foolish cohorts to behave foolishly, to produce a scenario, to set the scene, to allow the right person to end up in the place that he needs to be in place 
to play the part that God would have her to play. Now, last week when we closed, we closed in verse number 12, and we closed looking at the, the foolish consequences of being drunk. Listen, Ahasuerus, if we, when we read the first 11 verses, we have already come to the understanding. We didn't need verse number 12 to explain to us Ahasuerus' physical condition. Read the first 11 verses. We could already see that Ahasuerus was foolish without the alcohol. Ahasuerus was arrogant without the alcohol. But when we read verse 12, we see that he was lifted up in his own pride. And this drunken state, only um, it only magnified his foolishness. By the way, many people believe that, well, not many believe, people believe, history states that we know that Daniel, the king who rolled over Daniel, was Darius. Darius was the king before Ahasuerus. But Ahasuerus was a man who was prideful because since Darius reigned, Ahasuerus had spread the kingdom almost twice the amount that it was under Darius. It, it went to his head, but in this prideful time, in the midst of this prideful ball, in the midst of this time where he foolishly exalted himself, he didn't need alcohol to make himself look foolish, but surely the alcohol amplified it. And by the way, that's what alcohol does. Mm -hmm. That's why Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 tells us to be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. Ahasuerus was in this drunken rage and in anger at the thought that someone would tell him no, and that person was none other than his wife. None other than this, this person was none other than his wife. And, and let me tell you something that you can take away really from verse number 12. Pride will have you mad at people you shouldn't be mad at. That's a fact. Pride will have you angry with the wrong people. Pride will have you mad at people because you made comments that you shouldn't have made. Pride will have you angry with people because you made suggestions that you should have never made. That's how destructive pride is. Pride is destructive. That you can be confronted about something that you did, and instead of saying to yourself, you know what, I, I shouldn't have done that. You know what, I'm sorry. You know what, I, I crossed the line. Pride will have you mad at people instead of recognizing that you are the problem. Ahasuerus was the problem here. Not Vashti. Ahasuerus was the one who was acting in his own foolishness, and yet, Verse 12 says his anger burned in him. I hope you understand that for us as believers that you cannot be filled with the Spirit if you're living the life as a Christian burning in anger. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 20, 20, uh, 22 and verse 24 says, Make no friendship with, with an angry man. Why? Lest you be like him. How many times can we tell stories about people who were angry, who befriended other people, and before long they became angry, and then it began to spread like a cancer, and before long you got a bunch of people mad, and they don't even know why they're mad. Make no friendship with an angry Man, don't be teaming up with people who are operating in anger. Why? Because destruction is on the way. Scripture says that we have a right to be angry. Understand that. You have the right to be angry. There is a, such a thing 
is righteous anger. But Ephesians 4 and verse 26 says, be ye angry and what? Sin not. There's the second lesson from old Ahasuerus. Just because you're angry, just because you're mad, does not give you the right to sin. That's a wake-up call for all of us, a lesson from a lost man. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you have the right to have a foul mouth. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you have the right to spend the night at a bar. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you have the right to go on a smear campaign of another believer. Your anger does not give you the right to sin. Even more, if someone makes you angry, uh, understand in this anger we are not being filled with the Spirit. Look what happens here. In Hazarus' bitter rage, in his prideful self, he tries to get this committee together. Then the king said to the wise men, which knew the times, verse number 13, by the way, for so was the king's manner toward all that knew law and judgment. And the next unto him was Parshana, and Shethar, and Admatha, and Tarshish, and Mares, and Marsana, and Mamukin, the seven princes of Persia and Medea, which saw the king's face, and which sat the first in the kingdom. Verse 15, what shall we do unto, queen, unto the queen Vashti according to law? Because she hath not performed the commandment of the king Ahasuerus by the chamberlains. Do you see what pride has done here? Pride has constructed a team together to try to figure out a way to punish Vashti because she had enough sense to say no. Think about that. She had enough sense to say no. And how does the king respond? Hey, let's think about what we're going to do to her to punish her. I mean, if we're not careful at times, we'll fall into the same trap that Ahasuerus is in. When our feelings get hurt, Instead of responding correctly, we will become so prideful instead of searching ourselves and say, you know what, they, they said that to me, but you know what, maybe they was right. Hey, you know what, they told me I was wrong here and that I shouldn't do that. And you know what, maybe they was right. And instead of saying, was I in the wrong, we begin to ha behave just like a hazardous did. Do you hear what Vashti did? Do you hear what are we going to do to her? Oftentimes, I hate to say this, even amongst God's people, when God's people in love confront other people who are behaving ungodly or who refuse to participate in behaving ungodly, what happens before long? The believers who are behaving ungodly will develop a team to send that believer in exile. That's what we see here out of Ahasuerus. He looks to his inner circle and says, listen, how are we going to banish, how are we going to exile this one person who will not participate in our sin? It was foolish of Ahasuerus to call for his wife to come and prance before all of these people. Ahasuerus should have said, you know what? Ahasuerus, you're right, I messed up. He should have said, hey, you know what? I went too far. You know, he could have said, I, I drank too much. 
But when pride remains unchecked, Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride, what? Go with before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So he took foolish counsel to banish and to punish the one person who had enough sense to not participate in the foolishness that he was doing. And by the way, out of this foolish counsel that is going on here will be a king who will soon agonize over the foolish decision that he made in anger. Read chapter 2 and verse 1, and after these things, when the wrath of the king Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti. He remembered her. Let me tell you something, a note from the life of Ahasuerus and the life of a believer. Do not make decisions when you're angry. Oftentimes, the best thing you could do in the moment of anger is walk away and find your way to the prayer closet. Because when Ahasuerus remembers Vashti in chapter 2, he made foolish decisions in chapter 1 that affected Vashti when it says there that he, he made a decision to command in the law of the Medes and the Persians. This was a law that could not be undone. So he banished somebody he loved so much in anger. And guess what? He could not undo it in chapter 2. Let that be a note for you. In anger. In anger, if we are not careful, we will operate in such a foolish way that we will save things that oftentimes we cannot undo. We will save things that will cause harm to another that oftentimes is hard to even be repaired. Vashti was right. Ahasuerus was wrong. And yet, instead of seeing his wrong, he inflicted agony upon the person who he loved the most when he remembered her. When he remembered not only her, but when he remembered what he did. Now you can count on the fact that we see here decisions made in anger. You can count on the fact that most of the time, decisions you make in anger, you will regret the foolishness of your decisions. But look what happens here. By the way, what a friend Mamukin is. What a guy. This is the kind of guy you would want in your inner council. Look at verse number. So when I read verse number 16 here, and Mamukin answered before the king and the princes, Vashti the queen hath not done wrong to the king only, but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus. When you read this, you have to pause for a minute. When I first read this verse, I had to go back up to verse number 13. Like, what foolishness is this? Is this still the same group of people who in verse number 13 when he says, and the king said to the wise men, because this does not sound too wise. Yet here in this situation, Mamukin is looking out for who? Himself. He's looking out for his own situation. Hear me. I believe that Mamukin was wise, but I also believe that he was just as drunk and foolish as a hazardous, and he was too angry. But you know what? Wise people who are filled with emotion make bad decisions. Now, I can tell you this. I read an article not too long ago about how people, I mean, you know, to work at NASA, you got to be brilliant. To work at NASA, you have to solve mathematical equations off of the top of your head. 
But it said, I read an article that was titled, A Serious Flaw in Decision-Making. And it was all about the Challenger shuttle explosion. It was said that January 28, 1986, the, uh, the space shuttle Challenger exploded 73 seconds after liftoff. The entire crew perished. A presidential commission was formed to help to discern what went wrong. That commission ultimately flagged that the root cause of the accident was a serious flaw in the decision-making process leading up to the launch. It was said that NASA's employees in charge of the decision-making for the Challenger launch, listen, this is what they come to the conclusion of, failed to let outside voices outside of the group influence their assessment. They failed to listen to outside voices. That's exactly what happened here. For, for them, it, it cost the life of seven people. For them, it caused the Challenger explosion. But listen, Ahasuerus has these group of people around him. They got outside information. Vashti said, this is not good to do, but they refused to take outside information. They counseled among themselves, and it had devastating consequences. Listen, this is why we are to counsel ourselves in the word of God. This is why we are to check ourselves in the word of God, because you know why? People are ruled by emotions, and at times, no matter how close of a friend someone is, oftentimes friends will side with friends in anger and despise others just because they're friends, but just because someone's a nice friend and takes your side does not mean it's not a foolish consequence or a foolish decision. This is why we check ourselves in the mirror of God's word. And when we don't, we can accept, expect the same foolish consequences that a hazardous experience. We can expect the same foolish consequences from the Challenger explosion. We have to be careful when we do not let the word of God rule our life. Our life. I'm looking at the notes here. But the, rule, the word of God should rule your wife. I sound like Mamukin now, don't I? <laughs> it was an accident. But listen. But, but you know what the problem is? Is that all of these people surrounding the king had the same flawed logic wasn't good. And they took this foolish counsel together and let it be led to heartache. Look at the voice of Mimukin. And Mimukin answered, verse 16, before the king and the princes, Vashti the queen hath not done wrong to the king only, but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus. Verse 17, for this deed of the queen shall come abroad unto all women so that they shall despise their husband, husbands in their eyes. When it shall be reported, the king Ahasuerus commanded Vashti the queen to be brought in before him, but she came not likewise. Shall the ladies of Persia and Medea say this day, unto all the king's princes, which they have heard of the deed of the queen. Thus there shall arise too much contempt and wrath. 
What a friend. Mamukin says, King, listen, you know, you're angry right now that you feel like you're the one who's done wrong, but really, this queen has done us all wrong. And he even goes even further. He said, this is bad news for all of us because you know what's going to happen? This is going to not only spread throughout the, not only throughout the, um, uh, not only throughout the kingdom, but it's going to sp spread all and far and wide through all the provinces, how your wife refused you. And then you know what? We're all going to have problems. He encompasses this all together. You can see this in verse number 17 and verse number 18, the difference between the word women in verse 17 and then the word uh, reference to the ladies of Persia, he's saying this is all the way from the people who are living in the provinces all the way inside of this uh, kingdom right here inside of the, why can't I think of the name for where the king lives? Somebody help me here. Palace, thank you. At least somebody's reading the Bible. So uh, that it'll affect everybody. That's what the ladies of Persia, people who are living inside of the palace, it's going to cause problems for all of us what a guy even more I mean we're caused the pause here I mean Mimukin is not even done and I feel like I'm already done listening to him can can you believe that this advice that we get from a person who was introduced as a wise person of a hazardous team but look at verse number 19 and if it please the king, let there go a royal commandment from him, and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes, that it be not altered, that Vashti come no more before, the, before King Ahasuerus, and let the king give her royal state unto another that is better than she. Look at this prideful thinking. I tell you what, if she won't want, do what you wanted to do, O king, then cut her out of your life. Look how foolish pride is. And by the way, before we really condemn this, I want you to understand that I've seen this in the life of believers. Believers, I have seen in my own personal life when other believers in love now will confront other believers about the sin that they have in their life Instead of responding like God's word says to do, repenting, turning around, and not living like that, you know what they set up to do? They cut those people out of their life. They want to remove the people who take the word of God and say, hey, listen, God's word says not to live that way. And instead of responding the correct way, they set out to, to remove them. They set out to exile the person who's trying to help Get them back on track. Vashti was, Vashti saying, Vashti saying was wise. A hazardous banishing her is a continual problem of the human heart. Listen, next time someone comes to you, and maybe you'll never have this because you're perfect, or maybe you'll never have this because somebody doesn't care about you properly. But next time somebody comes to you, about something that you've done wrong or something they're concerned about in your life. Do yourself a favor before you respond. Do yourself a favor and cool down unless the wisdom that they are giving you be cast to the wayside. And after you're done, you find yourself just like the king in chapter 2, missing a good friend who really was just looking out for you in the beginning. 
Wow, you know what? They were really just trying to help me. Wow, you know what? I was really making foolish decisions, but it's too late to undo all that I've already said and done. Look at what happens here, chapter in verse 20. And when the king's decree, which he shall make, shall be published throughout all his empire, for it is great, all the wives shall be, all the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both to great and small. And the saying pleased the king. By the way, this is the foolish thought process of the world. You know how a wife gives honor to her husband? By not prating herself out for the world. But Mamukin says the way that a, a wife gives honor to her husband is when he says parade around in front of others, she does it. Foolishness. Verse 21. And the saying pleased the king and the princess, and the king did according to the word of Mamukin. For he sent letters into all the king's provinces and into every province according to the writing thereof, into every people after their language, that every man should bear rule in his own house, and that it should be published according to the language of every people. Two closing thoughts here. He did it. He took the counsel of Mamukin, and he banished his wife. He pushed her out of the kingdom. But take this as a note home with you this evening from the life of Ahasuerus. The longer you take in your life to get things right, the longer you take in your life to see the error of your way, the longer you take in your life to deal with the pride that is wrecking your life is the more people that you will be pushing out of your life that you actually need in your life. See, Ahasuerus needed Vashti. It was his wife. But his pride caused him to push away the people that he actually needed. That's exactly what pride does. Pride says, I don't need what they're saying to me. Pride says, I don't need that in my life. Pride says, I'm not going to get that right. Pride says, I'll deal with it later. But look at what he does in verse 22. Where he sent letters into all the king's provinces. Listen, do you know what this man did? He made a law so that he could be justified in banishing his wife. What does this mean? Ahasuerus changed his environment so that he could be justified in his wrongful actions against his wife. I don't know how many times we've seen this. People who get corrected from the word of God and don't like it. What do they do? Instead of changing their ways, they'll go to another church that doesn't preach on sin. They'll go to another church where people won't confront them in their foolish living. 
Listen, confrontation over sin isn't self-righteous behavior. It's godly behavior. It's a, it's a behavior of concern. It's a behavior of love. But listen, they'll go to another church. They will change up their environment just so they won't be confronted about their own foolishness and sin. But look at what Ahasuerus did, though. He made a new law. And by the way, just because Ahasuerus made a new law, and just because someone, when they're confronted about sin, will change their environment and go somewhere else just so they can continue on living in sin, it doesn't change the fact that they are still guilty under God's law. Listen, you don't need to make new laws. God has already spoken. But Ahasuerus' focus was what? He wanted to be right with men. That's what pride does. He was wrong with God. But he wanted to be right with men. Pride is so destructive that even in the life of the believer, that it will cause you to, to develop a thought process that you will manipulate words, you will manipulate people, and you will manipulate situations with people so that you're right with people, totally rejecting the fact that God knows the truth and he's seen it the whole time and you're not right with him. And in the end, you're not going to be giving an account to your friends who are now on your side. That's the foolishness of pride. This is the foolishness that is wrecking a hazardous life. But it's the same setting that's happening here. God is working behind the scenes. Even in this mess, in the midst of this pride, in the midst of these lies, in the midst of this disaster, in the midst of these foolish counselors, it is amazing to me. If you don't run forward in, in, in knowing the book of Esther, it should amaze us that God is working in all of this because it seems like the, it seems like the Persian Empire is going down the drain. But yet in the midst of all of this, God is navigating and working and preparing the way, he's setting the scene, and he's preparing the proper scenario for Esther to come on the scene and save his people alive. So how do we apply chapter 1 to ourselves? When we leave here today, and we see the wickedness that runs this nation, instead of frowning upon the wickedness in this nation, Step back and understand that the solution to the wickedness in this nation is you. Understand that even in this wicked nation, in this wicked, vile place, God has opened up the opportunity for you to be who you're supposed to be for him. We've been given the opportunity to make a difference in this nation. Even more, we're reminded in chapter 1, we have to be careful about making alliances with people who are ruled by anger and emotions. And we have to be careful about people who will not, in the midst of anger, check themselves according to Scripture. Be cautious of people who are angry when God's word rebukes their sin. Be cautious of people who will try to move to another environment instead of giving up the sin that God condemns in their life. Be careful of people who refuse 
to give up their pride and would willingly push people away from them that they need in their lives, all because they don't want to put to death the pride in their life. If you don't push pride away, it will push others away. Matter of fact, prideful people put off such a foul odor, it's hard to bear them. Just like a hazardous, and just like these people around him. And you know what else? One final thought. Be careful for people when they feel like they have done wrong. I mean, what is this foolishness from Mamukin? Well, King, you're not the only one that's offended. I'm offended. Because this has done havoc for us, too. This has caused havoc even in our own lives. Now, our wives ain't going to listen for us. Listen, be careful for people who come along and you're frustrating a moment and try to associate themselves with your problem and develop a scheme that is unbiblical about to handle your problem. Well, Mucus said, I'm mad too, and this is how we're going to fix it. And we're going to fix it in an ungodly way. This is why. Chapter 1 gives us the greatest caution about how we live our Christian life. You are going to find times when you're going to get upset. You're going to find times where people make you angry. You're going to find times in your life where people do you wrong. But you do not in return have a license to behave in a manner that is outside of the word of God. And when you behave in the manner outside of the word of God, you are no longer, you are basically rejecting the opportunity that God has given you to be a light, to be the answer to this world of chaos. And instead you have become part of the problem, even as a child of God. So Esther's coming. It's coming on the scene. Chapter two, he remembers. Chapter 2, his anger goes away, and before long, he starts to think about what it was like to have a wife, what it was like to have somebody that you could turn to, and he begins to miss her, but because of his foolish decisions, he can't undo what he's done. And while we kind of, in a sense, hurt for Ahasuerus because he makes a foolish decision in rage, we also understand that this moment, God has allowed this prideful man to behave pridefully so that God could insert Esther. So in the end, his name could be glorified. So in this nation that we're in, when we go out into the workforce tomorrow, don't ever forget that God has inserted where you are. Have you ever thought for yourself that God has given you the skill set and the ability that you have to specifically insert you into the workforce that you are, that you could providentially be at the exact place that he has you, performing the exact job that he's gifted you to do so you could be the light that you're supposed to be in this world? That's what Esther says. Be mindful as we move forward, and as we move forward next week, let's strive to be right in God's eyes and run from the thought of being right in man's eyes. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give thanks to you for this book, Lord, we give thanks to you for this opportunity, Lord, just your word just continues to give and to instruct and to guide us in a way, Lord, that um, if we will just heed it and yield to it, Lord, that we will be fruit-bearing 
Christians. But Lord, there's also so many warnings given to us here about the destructiveness of our own pride and the consequences of being prideful Christians. Lord, may we be humble. May we humble ourselves, confess our desperate need of you. May we not look to the wise counsel of others that doesn't speak forth the truth of scriptures. Lord, let's be mind, let us be mindful as we live in this world that yes, it's corrupt. Yes, it's violent. Yes, it's foul. But it is in this situation that you've inserted each and every one of us in this age, in 2024. You've gifted us the opportunity to make a difference for you. Lord, let us wear that burden upon our neck. May it be upon our hearts that the more we're grieved with this wicked world is the more we accept the responsibility that you, people say, where are you at in this, Lord? Where are you at? Well, he's right here. And that's why we're here. Lord, may we see the responsibility to perform the job that you've given us, to be lights in a dark community. May people see in this dark world that God is working. That's why he's saving people to be a light for him. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.